You're listening to Teaching Millionaires Podcast, as always, hosted by Rich Smith. You're now on the path to learning more about personal finance and achieving financial freedom. Are you ready? And now your host, Rich Smith. I don't want to say I told you so, but when it comes to I-bonds, I asked a lot of questions like, should you avoid them? Was I wrong to tell you that it's a good idea to avoid them? And today, I'm going to share with you why I believe I was right about I-bonds, how things have unfolded these past few months. So stick around. You're not going to want to miss this. I'm Rich Smith, and one of the money lessons they never teach you in schools is how to put your money into different piles and allocate things for like savings, for emergency funds, and for investments. And today, we're going to talk about a savings vehicle that many people were excited about over the past year called I-bonds. Perhaps you were somebody that took maybe a thousand, five thousand, up to ten thousand dollars and put it in there because it was at an all-time high at nearly ten percent. However, the headlines, the hype, may have gotten people a little too excited because less than a year later, uh, the, the hype has fizzled. Now, I'm gonna dive into all the details, but real quick, drop a like for this video. Now, to catch everybody up to speed, if you are a little kind of rusty on your I-bonds, this is a savings vehicle, literally something issued from the United States that you can go and buy up to $10,000 every year, and you get two rates, a, a fixed rate and then an inflation rate. And the fixed rate is good for something like 30 years, whereas the inflation rate adjusts every six months. Now, the problem with I-bonds that I see is after those six months, you just don't know what the rate's going to be. And it could be in your favor. It could be lower. But the problem is that you have to lock that money up for at least 12 months. And then after that, if you're looking to kind of cash out, you lose the last three months of interest earned. And that goes all the way to 60 months or five years. So after five years, then you can take the money out and the interest and realize all of that and then decide what to do with it then. So some would argue that your emergency fund, if you know like you're not going to touch it and it's much larger than $10,000, that you could take a portion of that money and stick it in something like I-bonds. However, others would argue, no, 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 your emergency fund has to stay liquid. Your, your savings account, not your investments, not your retirement, but your savings could be something that you ladder into things like CDs, money markets, or in this case, I-bonds. Now, it doesn't really matter where you fall on that debate. Anytime you're taking a large amount of money and you're locking it up for something like 12 months, you have to make sure like that that time period, that, that juice is going to be worth the squeeze of not being able to access your money. Now, in my case, I was making an argument over a year ago that no, it was not. If you had $10,000 that you really can separate from the emergency fund, you're still going to call it savings, but you don't need it to be liquid, that maybe it would be a better idea to look into something like a brokerage account, a high interest savings account, 
or doing something that you aren't already doing. For example, I name things like saving for a child's education or investing in your own education, your own business, something like that. Quick break from the show to talk about travel. That's right. Everyone's asking me if we have any trips planned and I always reply yes because my family has buy one, get one free flights with Southwest Airlines. It's no secret, but not too long ago, I wrote an ebook on how to earn the Southwest Airlines Companion Pass. This gets you and a companion the ability to fly on Southwest Airlines for up to two years with buy one, get one free flights. As always, I'm sharing this with you, my loyal podcast listeners, 100% for free. So check out the link in the show notes to download a free copy of the ebook and learn how to travel the world using points and miles today. Over the past year, I've helped thousands of businesses get back millions of dollars because of a federal program called the Employee Retention Credit, ERC. Now it's your turn. I need your help to spread the word to other business owners you know and in your community. That's right, Forbes.com estimates that over 80% of business owners are good candidates for ERC, but still did not know about this program. Well, the good folks at the ERC specialists have an affiliate program. By signing up, you can help educate other business owners about the employee retention credit, help them get this life-changing money, and earn yourself a commission. It's win-win for all of us. If you're interested in helping, then check out my link in the show notes to sign up. All right, now back to the show. And therein lies why some people flooded my, my YouTube video with comments all about how that's not a sound strategy. And I'm sitting here today saying that I uh, disagreed then and I still disagree today. I did a video recently all about the best high yield or high interest savings accounts and many of them we are seeing at a rate that's close to four or five percent. Also, we're seeing rates for something like six month CDs over five percent at the time of this recording. And to everyone that jumped on the I-bond train and was like, well, you know what? I'm gonna lock up this $10,000 for 12 months. You cannot even access your money as of right now, unless it's been those 12 months. And if you decide to sell, then you're going to lose the last three months of interest. Therefore, my point with I-bonds is that unless you're really looking to lock it up for something long-term, like this is just long-term savings, it's very safe, you don't wanna put it in the market, but really don't need to use it, then it's probably not for you. But let me know what you think down below in the comments. I find it interesting when I take kind of like a hard stance on things because there are people that'll make an argument for actively managed funds, even though the fees are drastically less with something like a basic index fund. There are people out there that live by cash is king, buy everything with cash, but it's a little bit of a head scratcher when you separate like the psychology of using cash and then financing something with like 0% interest. Those types of debates are the ones I'm looking to have. So please let me know what you think down below in the description. Also, my website is full of other 
personal finance, business finance, and uh, money news, essentially. So please feel free to check it out. Now, if you haven't already, drop a like for this video. And if you're new to the channel, please don't forget to hit subscribe and ring that notification bell. All right, as always, I'm Rich, and until next time. Thanks so much for listening to Teaching Millionaires Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, check out our website at teachingmillionaires.com. Remember to leave us a review, rate the podcast five stars, and if you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button.